0: Welcome to. I'm not even supposed to be here today for January the sixth, twenty twenty three, and today is also going to be a standalone episode. You listened to yesterday's short shot, and you could tell that we were in a very crowded room. We're at Disneyland yesterday, and I the we were having a great time and. We're trying our best to keep these podcasts coming out and, and even with waiting in long lines at Disneyland, we are trying to do this new fun thing, looking at what happened uh, each day in history and, um, and uh, just trying to keep things up. I'm a little baffled, a little stammered today and I do apologize for that because we, we got to today, January the 6th, and I couldn't, I, it was more of a joke that we were going to do today than anything because of what January the 6th means right now in American history. I, uh, uh, January the 6th, uh, 2021 uh, happened, and it, it's hard to work around that. We, we literally joked around that we would get on the podcast today and say absolutely nothing happened on January the 6th ever and then stop the show. But uh, I I don't want to do that. I, that baffles why that we're doing this. We're trying to find some uh, bright spots that has happened over time so that we can remember what bright spots we uh, want to look at um, uh, the hard moments even, and talk about the things that we've grown through. But when we look at January the sixth, and it's still not resolved. I there, I I personally feel, and this is the most political that I will get on this. I I feel the main culprit of it all still hasn't faced retribution yet. So. Um. Notice I didn't say any names, but that's what I feel. So I, I don't even think that we've worked past this yet, even though right now in current history, January the 6th, there's a lot of infighting on one side of our political spectrum, and they can't make a decision on their own because... Now I have to use the word alleged. I, I feel the alleged catalyst of what happened on January the sixth is is the monkey wrench that they can't work around. And as soon as that alleged catalyst spoke, the the prime candidate got less votes. <laughs> so uh, so January the sixth happened, but and that is as much as I'm going to say about that. But let's look at let's look at January the sixth. In Disney history, and in January the 6th, 1938, a story meeting for the sequence one of Pinocchio takes place on this Thursday morning at Disney's pro- projection room number four. So, uh, the the first sequence meeting for the great Pinocchio. Uh, happened today in 1938. Everything today that we focus on will be Disney history because we've taken so much time at, at Disneyland. And if you want to know, uh, uh, the website that I'm using is thisdayindisneyhistory.com. So we will be looking at, at that. This day in 1950, Pluto is struck by Cupid's arrow on this day, in the release of Pluto's heartthrob. Uh, So that cartoon was released in 1950, and uh, if the uh, kids were with me today, we would have had the debate is, why is Pluto a dog and Goofy a talking, uh, erect creature, even though they're both of the canine variety? I I think that is uh, a documentation of advanced and uh slowed down evolution, I guess. Who, who knows? Uh, let's go ahead and hit an awesome birthday, and, and I can stick with this one for a moment. On this day in history in 1955, actor, writer, and funny man Ro- Ro- Roland Atkinson, the voice of Zazu in Disney's Lion King, is born. And if everybody knows... uh, uh Mr. Bean, uh, Roland Atkinson, and there was these spy movies that he was in that was really good, but he is a really good advanced actor. There was this um, uh, other movie called The Black Hatter that uh, shows that he was in, but for those of you that like deep dives, I want you to go on YouTube and I want you to see when Roland Atkinson was the doctor, uh, there was, I think it was for a comic relief or, or something, but Roland Atkinson actually portrays the doctor in, in, a, in, a, in a short skit that I believe that was for uh, the British uh, comic relief. So look that up. It is... Uh, Fantastic, uh, a great thing, and we'll do one more here from uh, Disney history. And uh, this day in Disney history in uh, let's do 1985. This day in Disney history in 1985, the Hallmark Card Shop on Disneyland's Main Street closes, and I I don't think it it, it says here that it it, it did reopen and March as a Disney clothier. So the Hallmark influence left Disneyland this day in 1985. And we were at Disney this this week. And one thing that I, can't, I kept remembering is once upon a time, Disney had a partnership with McDonald's. And I remember there were different shops that you could get McDonald's French fries. Now, I don't remember if you could get hamburgers there or not but I do remember that you could get McDonald's french fries now uh, over the last uh, last while I have shifted my eating habits to that of of vegetarian but I I can't have the meat or or the burgers I couldn't have rocked a Big Mac if I wanted to, but what I thought about when we were at Disneyland was, man, um, some McDonald's french fries right now would just be absolutely uh, just fantastic. So uh, uh, so that's something I missed. So we're going to move into... If MCD was here, if a uh, single H, excuse me, a single H was here, uh, we're going to go into this day in LGBTQ history, and we are going to go to 1967, and remember that we, some, we talk about good things, we talk uh, to celebrate them, we talk about bad things to... Uh, show how that we've worked past them. Uh, this day in 1967, New York City's Civil Service Commission makes public its year-old policy of allowing city agencies to hire and employ lesbian and and gay men. The new policy comes partly in response to the lobbying efforts of the of the Manichin Society of New York. So um but this is a positive step forward in 1967 uh that um New York City openly admits and openly shares that you if you want a job come get one uh or, which is a good thing i mean the, the the balancing and and inaccuracies of any sort of exclusion racial exclusion uh the the white only hiring and excluding people of their sexual identity ain't right. Uh, 1967, New York City, the uh, 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 vows openly that they uh, will will hire a- anyone, even even based on their sexual identity. So that's good. And let's drop another birthday in here. And and born on this date, on January 6, 1984, Kate McKinnon. Uh, the, was born a great SNL, uh, cast member, the first openly lesbian cast member of Saturday Night Live. Uh, the all sorts of, of great movies from, uh, uh, the, the, well, uh, all sorts of great movies. The only one I can think of right now is the, is the feminine Ghostbusters movie, which, uh, no matter the, public cry of the fanboys I I think is a fantastic movie. Uh, so we're going to pay tribute to the first uh, openly uh, lesbian cast member of SNL and Kate McKinnon, who was born today in 1984. And this day in history in 2015, Florida, Florida recognizes same-sex marriage. And we're still working very very hard in in what marriage the, the marriage protection act I believe is uh, the words that I'm looking for as that uh, uh, is still a topic uh, even today. So let's move into the other topic. If Rick Kane here was here, we would be looking at this day in wrestling history uh, for January the sixth and. I'm trying to keep both of my kids' uh, interests and in, in things uh, spotlighted, and I have opened a web page that has so much stuff on it that happened on January the 6th, it's hard to read it. I, I can't even see what this says. So I am going to vamp a little bit more and see if I can uh, find a, a different website and get at least one wrestling fact in this. And for those of you that are wondering, uh, didn't you do some pre-production on this? No, actually, today, January the 6th, is actually today, January the 6th. And I realized I didn't record ahead. So I want to get something out today and... Uh, we, will, we, will do, we will do this one. I read about this one in the book. This day, January 6, 1983, in Puerto Rico, the WWC heavyweight champion Carlos Colon took on the NWA world heavyweight champion Rick Flair in what was billed locally as a unification match to merge the NWA and WWC heavyweight titles Carlos Colon came out a winner and was declared the universal champion and was seen holding both belts in the air. But what happened the next time Ric Flair appeared on NWA television, Ric Flair was still holding the NWA title. The NWA never recognized Carlos Colon as winning the NWA title it was shared in Ric Flair's first biography that Ric Flair was caught in a crowd that was so hot with heat of anger that he felt it would be, he would be able to leave with his life more securely if he lost to Carlos Colon than trying to find some way to get out of the ring after beating Carlos Colon. So Ric Flair decided that it was better for his personal safety to allow Carlos Colon to pin him in the ring, so that he could get out with his life. So Ric Flair loses. Uh, Ric Flair gets out of Puerto Rico, uh, but the the title the title change is never actually recognized. By the N.W.A. Uh, He's literally the next time that he is seen on United States TVS N.W.A. television. uh, Ric Flair is still holding the N.W.A. title belt and the match is never spoken of. Uh, So that happened today in 1983. So thank you all for joining me today. As I shared, some of these will just be me. I hope the bulk of these will be me and the rest of the D.W.L. But that was, I'm not even supposed to be here today for January 6th. My name is Michael Davis. Have a day.